Welcome to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Garcia, and today we're going to be joined by a very special guest. You might see him on Spurs React with Chris Duell from time to time. We are joined today by Wesley Perkins. Hey, Wesley, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks again, Joe, for having me on. Oh, it's always a pleasure, man, to have somebody as knowledgeable as yourself on so we can talk some Spurs basketball and NBA playoffs. So let's get right into the thing. You know, let's talk about this Spurs win over the Nuggets. And more importantly, let's talk about how they won. And let's see if they can do this again, you know, come tomorrow night when they're going to face the Nuggets again over in uh, Colorado, the Mile High City. And let's see if they can steal another one on the road. I Let's go ahead and get your take, though. I, I, I know I, I can tell you what I saw, but you're the guest, and I want to see what did you see the other day in that game that the Spurs stole from the Nuggets? Yeah, you know, it, it comes down to a few things. One, I, I, I've been saying for the better part of a week or two that this first game had to be almost a game seven for the Spurs. They, they needed this first game, um, not only for their own confidence on the road, um, we all know the well-documented road woes, although late in the season, they, they certainly rectified that some. But I, I think also, more, more importantly, they needed to put their, their foot on the, on the throat of the, the Nuggets in that first game and not let a young team have any belief that, that a group that's not very experienced could take out a team that has, quite frankly, the best coach in the business. Um, so that was number one. I, I thought it was really impressive. They, they showed the poise. I thought the Nuggets, you know, early on in the game played real helter-skelter and looked like a team that had never been there before. Um, and, and it just it kind of showcased some, the, the differences between the two franchises uh, and where they've been. But I did think that the Nuggets got more comfortable as the game went along. Um, I, I thought that the Spurs started playing a little bit too much iso ball, um, especially in the second half there in the fourth quarter, the, the, the third quarter. Um, but, you know, you have to hand it to, the, to, to this Spurs organization. Uh, they needed lockdown defense. They needed some, some players to step up. They got great contributions. We all know about Derek White um, and his, you know, his thunderous dunk over Millsap was something else. But it just was just consistent contributions across the board, whether it be Rudy Gay. Um, you know, Patty Mills had a very efficient game, uh, ran the point well, did some great things. But uh but, you know, I thought the bench contribution was huge. Um, I also thought that the, the Spurs still have some things they can do a little bit better, but um, they've got some good contributions out of their stars. Um, but I think we're going to look for more of that as we go on. Yeah, I think so, too. But, you know, I, I got to tell you, one of the things that was kind of concerning me uh, during this game was, as you stated, you know, the Spurs were getting stuck playing this iso ball. Uh, they started the first quarter, you know, with the – with a good punch, you know, I thought they started the the game with good energy. They came out to play. They weren't down, from, you know, coming back from behind. They weren't down like 20 points early in the first or, you know, anything crazy like that. They, they obviously came out to play. And one of the things that kept happening when they let the Nuggets back into the game is they got away from playing Spurs basketball. And that was sharing the ball, moving the ball, getting some movement on the offensive end. Uh, they had, you know, people moving without the ball is what I'm really saying, you know. And when they let the Nuggets back in, everything got stagnant. The ball began to stick. They stopped the, with the passing game. They started playing more iso ball. They they were getting poor shot selections and taking poor shots as well. And just rushing the offense. They weren't really letting it 
you know, flow and get get into their offensive sets. And I think that's really what got him in some trouble. And that's what allowed the Nuggets to creep back into the game. And the Nuggets almost, you know, won this game in the at the very end. If it wasn't for some from last minute heroics by some of the Spurs to knock sound knock down some key shots, in particular Derek White, who came up clutch for the Spurs in the fourth quarter, this could could have easily, you know, been one that the Spurs let slip away. Um, so those are some of the facets facets of the game that I think the Spurs can clean up. You know, don't don't fall in love with the ISO ball so much. You know, start passing the ball more. But I got to tell you too, Wesley, I think we need some more production out of some of the role players that we have here. You know, we had Marco Beninelli who scored eight points against this last game against the Nuggets. And Bertans, he put up five points. And both players were out there for, Marco was out there 16 minutes, almost 17 minutes. And uh, Bertans was out there for 19 minutes and 40 seconds. You need a little bit more production than that. And the same thing goes for Yaka Portal. I loved what he was doing defensively. But I want to see him score a little bit more. You know, I think Derek White again came up big. So did Bryn Forbes. Uh, we knew DeMarcus and, uh, I mean, DeMar and LaMarcus were going to struggle a little bit. And I, I particularly point to the fact that we knew Denver was going to double and triple team him a lot uh, to try to take away that offensive punch uh, from the San Antonio Spurs and make other people beat you. And I think the Spurs uh, actually did that quite well, you know, because we had almost everyone who played scored. Minus, you know, Lonnie Walker, he only played eight seconds. That's why he didn't score any points. But it was good to see the young man in the game briefly. But I want to see him get some more run. You know, that would have been, I think, helping the Spurs a little bit more as far as getting a some type of offensive punch and some more athleticism. But I understand he's young, you know, and he's a fan favorite here. So everybody likes to see him play just like me. But moving forward, Wesley... What do you think the Spurs need to do to win this second game uh, against Denver on the road? Do you think it's possible that they can steal another one? Well, I think they have to take the mindset, first of all, that it's, again, a must win. Um, you know, to be happy with a split would be a very, very troubling thing because you don't want to let a team off the mat. Um, you know, it's the old Popovich-appropriate fear, right? You don't want to allow this young franchise who has a lot of talent, and I think so many Spurs fans, and maybe even myself included, um, doubted this Denver team from day one just because we knew that they had not had the successes. They were a nine seed last year, didn't make the playoffs. They're the sec second seed, which is a great, great climb on their end. And they've got some incredible pieces. But if you let those young guys get, get it going, that split could actually harm the Spurs quite a bit. Uh, I, I really feel like if Jokic can start to get, start to get comfortable for the for the Nuggets, and he starts to get his teammates more involved, uh, it could be dangerous. I, I really think it's, it's first of all, the Spurs have to have that appropriate fear of not wanting to go home with anything other than a sweep of these, these road games. So, yeah, I think they totally can. Um, they're going to face an intensity from the Nuggets like they have not seen up to this point from any team. They're going to see a team who's just going to fight for every possession, fight for every loose ball. And I think you're going to see a much better shooting performance. The Spurs are just going to have to be very mentally tough. They're going to have to weather some storms. They're going to get scored upon. Um, they're going to have to show the poise that they showed in game one. Uh, and I, I do believe that LaMarcus uh, especially, and as you said, Bellinelli um, and Bertans and, and others, Pirtle, are going to have to really come along for the ride for this one. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. We need, like I said, more production out of this bench in order to really uh, help the Spurs not only get a lead 
but sustainably as well. Because there's going to be stretches here where we're going to have to rest some of our starters and we're going to need the bench to come up uh, big and play some really quality minutes uh, while our, our starters are on the bench getting some much needed rest, particularly, you know, near the end of the third and fourth or the beginning of the fourth quarters, um, because we need them fresh. We can't we can't have our starters out there the whole game. They have to get some minutes uh, of rest in there somewhere. So let me go ahead and point out some things, though, uh, that I think Denver did quite well. I think Denver actually exploited the Spurs' weakness, especially in the interior. They were able to outscore the Spurs by a margin of 48. They, Nuggets scored 48 points in the paint to the Spurs' 32. Second chance points actually favored the Nuggets as well. The Nuggets had 17 second chance points while the Spurs only had seven. But I think what the Spurs did is very crafty and, and, and was well thought out by Coach Pop. To counteract the athleticism of the Nuggets, the Spurs did something I had told Chris Duell they needed to do to win this game. They were very aggressive going to the rim. The Spurs are one of the best free throw shooting teams in the NBA. And I told Chris on his show, I think the Spurs give themselves a great chance to steal this game if they can get to the free throw line. You know, they need to be aggressive, go to the rim, get to the free throw line, because that's one of your strengths. You can shoot free throws. And for the night, the Spurs were 14 of 20. That came up big for them. I, I believe that, you know, free throws combined with, you know, their three-point shooting percentage, which was quite high. It was at 46% on the night. And they shot seven for 15 from beyond the arc. Really came up big for them. You know, I, and they were able to keep the turnovers to 11. I'd like to see it go down a little bit more than that. Because I think when you're giving up turnovers against a, a, an athletic team, like the Denver Nuggets, um, you're giving up points, you know, and unfortunately the Spurs gave up the ball 11 times to, you know, to the Nuggets on turnovers, which translated into eight points for the Nuggets. But I did like a lot of the things that the Spurs were able to do. I just want to see them be able to sustain that. And you think we're going to have a bigger game, bigger production this go around from maybe, you know, DeMar and LaMarcus, you think they're going to have more than like 18 and the the 18 and 15 points that they had the other night. Yeah, it, it's it's going to be interesting because Demar I thought was not efficient. Uh, I you know obviously his 18 points were were needed, and I thought early in the game he was finding teammates and um, doing a good job of getting to the basket, getting to the free throw line. But as the game wore on, I felt like you know he kind of took on that mentality that we've seen of him uh, late late down this the end of the regular season where. It, the ball is in, in his hands and it stays stuck in his hands. And it's kind of back to what we were talking about earlier with the ISO ball. I, I do believe we're going to get better production. I think he's going to be smarter. Um, you know, he's he's a crafty veteran. He, he understands the game. He's going to. I think he's going to let the game come to him a little bit more um, as we as he progresses into game two. Uh, I w I will say this. I think that you know you don't win without a little bit of luck and without some great playmaking. Um, and if you saw down the stretch in game one. Um, you know, Murray had a had had a chance really to to take the lead and probably would have been a dagger um, there at just a simple you know pop a shot in the lane. But again, not being experienced, that feels a little different when it's the playoffs. Um, but nonetheless, you know, Derek White at the end getting a steal when he did um, you know sealing the game, getting to the free throw line. Uh, you, you know, you get a little bit of both. You have to have luck. You have to have the talent. I, I just you know honestly, Joe, I really think that the stars are going to contribute and be more efficient in this game too. Whether they have more production or not, 
I think they're just going to be more efficient, and that's going to help the teammates and, and the bench, as you're talking about, to uh, play a larger role and to be more uh, more of a consistent effort uh, as as the as a team. Yeah, and I hope you're right on that end. You know, I think one of the other X factors that we had going for us was obviously Coach Pop. You know, <laughs> beyond what we're seeing as far as the metrics go, the stats go with individual players themselves. I was saying the X factor for the Spurs has to be Coach Pop at some, and that has to come into play at some juncture, because let's face it, the Nuggets. This is one of the first times that they've actually been in the NBA in the NBA playoffs in quite some time. They have a really good team, you know, but unfortunately, experience isn't on their side, and I think that's where the Spurs outshine the Nuggets, and specifically the uh, coaching repertoire that Coach Pop brings. And, you know, just his ability to to break down the opposing team's defensive and offensive schemes, I think, pays great dividends to the Spurs moving forward. And not only that, but moving on uh, to the second round as well. I think that the Spurs at this point, um, if they can get this second game in Denver, this is going to be a deflating game for the Nuggets. They're a young team and their inexperience showed in this last game that the Spurs had against them. Uh, they kind of got a little flustered. They got out of sorts. And they really couldn't come together in crunch time, specifically in the waning minutes of the final of the fourth quarter. Um, they kind of kind of unraveled a little bit. So I think that inexperience hurt hurt them quite a bit. And that's where the Spurs were able to shine because they had been there before. They have some veterans that have played in some tough playoff, uh, you know, games before. So that helped them. Um, what do you see as far as this young Nuggets team that, you know, beyond what you were just saying? What do you think we have to watch it with? Um, and I, I'm going to point out one thing, and I want to get your opinion on it. The guards for the Denver Nuggets, I think that's going to be where the Nuggets can shine. Because if I'm looking at what the guards did in particular, Gary Harris and Jamal Murray, they both had, well, Gary Harris had 20 points, Jamal Murray had 17. And they were looking really good. They they played stellar games. I think they had really good all around games. Wesley, what do you think the Spurs have to do to try to try to contain them? You know, it's a couple of things. I, I thought that the Spurs, I thought they hedged on the three point shots pretty well, um, and it, it, it limited it early. And 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 then let's just be honest, the the Nuggets did miss some open shots. I mean, we're just let's be real. Um, but but I think those two guys, especially Harris and Murray. Um, you know, once they started to drive the ball into the paint there, especially in the, in the latter part of the second half, you saw that the lead for the Spurs start to really dwindle and, you know, vice versa, you, you know, on the other end of the court, you know, the Spurs, as we were talking about, um, got less team oriented and it started to favor the Nuggets. Um, I, I think those guys are the key for the Nuggets. You know, I, I know that everybody will point to Jokic and say that how he plays is what the, the Nuggets will do, but you know, if, if Jokic has 15 assists but only scores seven points, um, he's getting his teammates involved. And I, and I think Murray in particular had a much less effective game than we've seen of him. His shooting percentage was not all that great, although he did play a good floor game and he did disrupt the Spurs on the other end of the floor too. Um, I do think that those guys are going to come in at a different level. And, that, and that's what I'm saying about, you know, this next game is the Spurs can't expect the same Denver Nuggets. This Nuggets team that comes out on on Thursday, or excuse me, uh, tomorrow night on Tuesday night, they're going to come out with a with a, a fury, and you're going to see those guards probably knocking down shots um, that they were missing. 
Uh, I don't know that the Spurs are going to be able to collapse the lane like they did um, in the latter parts of that second half. It's going to open up shots around the perimeter. Yeah, one of the things that was a little concerning to me, uh, especially moving forward into the second game, is Nikola Jokic isn't going to go for 10 points again. You know, he's going to have a better showing. Same thing, I think, with Paul Millsap as well. He had only 12 points because the Spurs' defense was playing quite well. But as we know, going back to the regular season, the Spurs have had some issues on the road. But they played this first game. I mean, I think they did an amazing job on the defensive end. If this can continue, I mean, wow, that would be that would be saying something, Wesley. I got to tell you, I would be very surprised if the Spurs were once again able to contain Nikola Jokic and Paul Millsap. However, as you had pointed out, I don't really see that happening again. I think somebody else is going to wind up having to step up for the Nuggets to give them a, a, a chance at, at defeating the Spurs and, and getting back the, the home court. So I'm expecting a bigger showing out of Nikola Jokic and, and Paul Millsap in conjunction with the guards. I think the Spurs are going to have a, a tough time trying to contain them. But I think that the Spurs still have it in them to get the stops when needed, and they need to be the aggressors going to the free throw line, um, going to the rim, I'm sorry, to get to the free throw line and get some easy buckets uh, to stay competitive in this game. I think the Spurs can kind of slow things down and play at a methodical pace. That plays into their favor. I mean, do you kind of see the same thing as well? Yeah, I really do. I mean, they're going to have to, I think part of that, Joe, honestly, is just making shots, you know, Spurs are making shots. It's slowing the game down. Um, but also, it's it's back to the the rebounding. The second chance points are going to be a huge statistic in this second game because that's where, with these long three-point shots especially, uh, the Spurs have got to corral rebounds. they got to be the first ones to the floor. They've got to out-hustle um, this young Nuggets team. They're not going to be out, out uh, you know, they're not going to have more athleticism than the Nuggets do. That's just not who the Spurs are. But they've got to use their their hustle and their ability to to get to loose balls um, to their advantage. But yeah, no, I agree with you 100. You know, they need to keep the game in front of them. Um, they've got to slow the pace down. Uh, I I might even see the good old um, amazing coach that Pop is uh, employing some kind of you know three quarter court pressure uh, just to, to to get Murray uh, and whoever else might bring the ball up just to give them you know a little bit of pause and and to disrupt a little bit. Uh, you know, as as they're trying to get into their offense. But uh, it's really going to come down to, I do believe, it's going to come down to the, the pace of the game and, I think, rebounding. Yeah, I think those are going to be one of the or one or two of the key tr- contributing factors for the Spurs stealing another win on the road against the Nuggets. Uh, and not only that, but they're going to have to watch it with the turnovers. You don't want to go and turn the ball over 10 or 11 times on the road. You, I mean, when you do things like that, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot. So if they can keep that turnover uh, ratio down and they can play stellar defense, I think they're going to give themselves a really good chance at stealing another game on the road. But we all expect the the, the Nuggets to come out and, and play a much improved game, um, probably have a different look, maybe a different lineup. Uh, something's going to be tweaked and changed to, to kind of throw the Spurs off balance a little bit. Um, one of the key things that I think the Nuggets can do is they can either decide to go smaller or if they want to play a larger lineup, maybe they'll they'll do that as well to kind of try to impose their will and get some of the you know the Spurs starting five in foul trouble early. We'll we'll just have to wait and see how that pans out. But regardless of what happens, I'm sure that these chess moves that both coaches will pull in game two 
will be something that will be uh, looked at closely and scrutinized for the uh, for the NBA savvy people who like to look at all the statistics and stuff, kind of like myself and Wesley. So that'll be interesting, something to keep an eye out on. Yeah, let me also point this out too, Joe. I I think you know there's a there's a terrible free throw shooter in the the, the Denver Nuggets, <laughs> yeah. and that's Mason Plumley. Don't yeah. be surprised in the least. It, it, you know, I know you know it may not be that the old hack a shack necessarily, but don't be surprised in the least if if the flow of the Nuggets starts to get in hand where Popovich does some of his old savvy stuff and and you start seeing a a, a poor free throw shooter you know jump to the line. Um, you know, Pop is notorious for that kind of thing. He's gonna he's gonna do his best to slow that game down as as we're talking about. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he does that. It'd be be interesting, you know, if the game was really that close, you know, and you're like maybe a minute forty seven and it's you know a tied game. Do you revert to hacking? You know, plumbly sending him to the line and kind of rolling the dice, slowing the game down. Game down if it's moving in the momentum. You know, the momentum's in favor of the Nuggets. I mean. That's something that Coach Pop has done in the past, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but it, it is something he has in his playbook, so that's why Coach Pop is the X factor for, for our San Antonio Spurs. You know, there's yep. there's only one Coach Pop, so I'm sure everyone would love to have him, you know, at some juncture when you have the game on the line, see what he, see what he comes up with. So, yeah, it'll be fun, to say the least. But let's kind of switch gears. For sure. Let's switch, switch gears a little bit here and talk about this Thunder and, and uh, Trailblazers game, you know, the Trailblazers, they inked out a win against the Thunder. They had, you know, got a lead early and they kind of squandered it. They let the Thunder right back in. The game was a little closer than I'm, I'm sure most people would have liked. But this is one series that I'm really keeping an eye on because the Spurs are going to wind up playing the winner of the Thunder and Blazers. I'm at this juncture. I'd have to say that things are looking good for the Trailblazers. If they can keep on, you know, having that tandem with, uh, you know, C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard playing at a high level as they did to start the game. I mean, they really put a haymaker on the Thunder. I'd like to see that trend continue. I think we we match up a little bit better against the Trailblazers than we do against the Thunder. Uh, what are you thinking, Wesley? Yeah, I have to agree with you. You know, at first I said I wanted OKC, but... The more you think about it, you think about like a Jeremy Grant. Um, you think about, of course, Paul George and uh, Westbrook is just a, a bulldozer going to the basket. But they, they have a bunch of young pieces in Oklahoma City that I could see giving the Spurs matchup problems. Um, you know, and you never wish for anybody to get injured. But, you know, what happened to Nurkic was was really unfortunate. Um, but, you know, I think when it all said, is said and done after a series and players get tired out, you know, a lot is going to have to happen for for the Blazers to keep up this stamina. Uh, Lillard and McCollum are going to have to be on every single game. And they did get a great contribution from Ennis Cantor, who we know can be a very effective player. Um, I, I do believe that the, the, the Portland Trailblazers really honestly would be the best suited matchup. Um, and I think they probably give the Spurs the best chance. I know most people would think we're crazy for saying that, but um, OKC just just has a little bit too much. Uh, run and gun for my uh, my liking and uh, I got to tell you it kind of reminds me of like watching the Nuggets 2.0 except that they've got the experience where the Nuggets don't yeah and for some reason when the Spurs always play OKC it's one of these series where it can go either way you know and if even if you have a 20 point lead you're still not safe and that goes for either team because we've seen them both you know get these uh, insurmountable leads at times especially in the playoffs 
and then kind of squander that, you know, in the fourth quarter and the game's tied or, you know, they're only up by two points and some last minute heroics are going to be what wins it for the Spurs or what wins it for OKC. And I mean, I just, I'd rather, I'd rather much like to see the Spurs play the, the Portland Trailblazers matchup wise. I just think these are teams that'll really mesh well as far as their matchups and what they're able to do um, versus uh, trying to go against a young and young run and gun, you know, OKC team. Uh, one of the storylines, though, that I know I would be looking forward to and a lot of people in the media, because you know how they're going to spin this, you know, it's going to be Damian Lillard versus LaMarcus Aldridge, you know, and they're going to bring up, you know, their past history and, you know, how how they didn't end things on the best of terms. They're friends now. They've made up. They're in a good spot, but it wasn't always like that. But this is one of these storylines that, you know, it's going to get spun. And from that aspect, you know, the NBA is very dramatic. It has a dramatic flair. I rather see that storyline play out. I got to tell you, Wesley, versus the same thing that we've seen over and over again with OKC. It's something different. It's something new. And going back to the late 80s, uh, when you had the Spurs and the Trailblazers in the playoffs, and you had some of these great matchups, you know, um, I'd like to see that again. You know, it, it's just exciting basketball. And that's just me. I mean, I'm sure you remember those those days, right, from the late 80s, the Spurs going up against the Trailblazers? That's one of my favorite memories. Honestly, I, I'm glad you brought that up. We were talking about some of the nostalgic things from, from you know, younger days. And, um, it, you know, I just remember – I remember Duckworth and Buck Williams and Drexler and Porter and all those guys just being thorns in the Spurs side. It, it was the – it was kind of like they were the big brother to the Spurs, you know, at that time. They – the Spurs were the up-and-coming team, but the Blazers were that team that was the mountain. You had to climb that mountain in order to 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 be, you know, at the uh, the top of the, of the league. And um, and more often than not, the Spurs couldn't do it. Um, and and I, you're right. I mean, to renew that rivalry to to where you have some familiarity. Um, again, the great storyline as you brought up between um, Lamarcus and also uh, Lillard. But you know, the other thing too, at Joe, is just man. You know, if Lamarcus steps on that floor, oh, the reception or the lack thereof is going to be brutal, and uh, you know that to me is just going to be something that would again just ignite this, uh, and something where he's uh, Lamarcus is going to have to would have to play through uh, a lot of that and a lot of those feelings and um, and and some of that nostalgia himself. So yeah, no, there's so much there that would re- would be really cool to rekindle. Yeah, you know, and the, one of the things that they're probably going to show if this this does if this matchup does in fact occur is there you know they're going to show a replay somewhere in there with Rod Strickland and the way that series ended <laughs> you know one of the iconic moments yeah. where he's just throwing the ball into no man's land and that was that was all <laughs> she wrote you know we'll never know what happened Wesley it's one of those bittersweet memories that I have I mean I loved watching the Spurs go up against the Trailblazers just like I loved watching the Spurs go up against the Lakers when they were on their first hey, championship and, run. And Joe, I was, I can tell you, I was at a family pic. I can tell you exactly where I was when that happened. I was at a family p- picnic in Pleasanton, Texas. Uh, and I remember that vividly. And I remember no. the, the call on, on WAI and just all of us, my cousins, myself, just looking at each other going, there's no way that just happened. Yeah. There's no way they just blew that. But you know, who, who would have thought, of course, a lot of people around the NBA probably would never think about that play, but us as Spurs fans, you bet. We remember that big time. Yeah, because everybody remembers where you were when that incident occurred 
much like we know where we were at when we saw the Memorial Day miracle shot oh, by yeah. none other than Sean Elliott. You know, we all know you where bet. we're at. And it was it was weird when that play did occur. I got to tell you some Spurs history right here. I was at my uh, my my wife's uh, in-laws house. You know, I was I was my 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 mother-in-law, my father-in-law. Everybody got together there. You know, my wife's brothers and sisters were there. Family was there. All the kids were there and whatnot. We're having a big barbecue watching the Spurs play the game, you know, on live TV. And then when this play occurred, everybody just shouted. And one of the things that I vividly remember was going outside right when that play happened because everyone on that block was screaming and yelling at the same time. It's as if all of San Antonio was just screaming in jubilation all at once. And it's one of these memories that I'm always going to keep with me because it was like the whole city was happy. You know, everybody was screaming in jubilation and pure joy and, ex and they were ecstatic. Do, do you remember that feeling? Oh, yeah, no doubt. I uh, I actually had an opposite uh, kind of uh, deal. I was in my parents' house um, back home from college. And, uh, you know, I was so frustrated that whole game. Gosh, they were just down by so many points. And it was just so frustrating to watch. And I remember just jumping up and shouting through my house and my, my, my late father was asleep and he was a preacher on Sundays. And so he was just, he was like, shut up. <laughs> he was like not having any of it. But then of course, you know, he, he and uh, my mom and my brother were explaining what happened and he got to see the replay and whatnot. But no, I mean, I no, it was such a jubilation. Uh, I, I just remember uh, thinking that uh, that was the moment that we all saw the Spurs that, you know, the Rod Strickland moment way back when that, that they would give a game away or just get close, but have a heartbreaking ending. That was the moment I think where we all started to realize that this was different, um, that there was a different vibe and that they were no longer going to be a team that would um, get close, but just never make it. That was a cool moment. Yeah. That's when they had some gritty grittiness to them because of uh, Mario Eli. I think that's what he brought mm -hmm. to the Spurs when he came and played with them during that magical, you know, 99 season um, yeah. when they won their first championship. That was something that was lacking, you know, some of that, you know, junkyard dog mentality, you know, and I think yeah, that's for sure. that's what we need to see a little bit more out of uh, of the San Antonio Spurs, you know, and I think this is a great storyline to watch and everybody who's listening, watch for it, look at it. What's going to define this playoff series? What moment is going to define collectively what this Spurs identity is going to be moving forward. You know, what play, what when, you know, if they can in fact move on from the Denver Nuggets, are we going to have some more of those those moments uh, to relive again? You know, I know Spurs fans are always saying, oh, we believe in the team no matter what. I, I get that. I'm just saying, you know, just like every championship team that happened in the past, they had their iconic moments their their iconic wins i wonder if we're going to be privy to to see maybe something of that nature it might not be oh we're going to move on to the finals maybe it's growth is what i'm leading to you know this first team has gone through a lot of adversity this year and i i gotta tell you wesley this has been one of the most emotional years from a perspective of, of coming from a from a fan standpoint we had the Kawhi drama we have all these new faces coming to the team. We have Manu Ginobili announcing his retirement. You know, then we have the Manu Ginobili night. Then we have Tony Parker leaving the Spurs. 
It's the end of the big three era. You know, then he comes back and plays his first game here as a San, not as a San Antonio Spur, but as a, a Charlotte Hornet. You know, there's just, there's been a lot of emotions this season. And I think during this playoff run that the Spurs are on right now, they're just going to have to be one game, one play, where all this bent up energy is going to be released. And it's going to have, it's going to be like a statement game, you know, showing regardless of what happened to us during the regular season, this is who we are moving forward. What do you think, Wes? Do you, are we going to see something like that? Uh, yeah, I hope so. Um, I, I think that, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head with the emotional ride. I also think that uh, this has been a season of coming together. Um, we, we've seen, you know, it's well documented, eight new players. Um, there's, you know, a whole bunch of different vibe without any of the big three. This is the first playoff run without any one of the big three on this team. And uh, yet they're still champions on that bench. You still have Mills and you still have Bellinelli. Um, who have that experience, who know what it takes to, to win in a big moment. And, you know, you can't discount that. As Rudy T once said, you can't ever, uh, you can't ever discount the heart of that champion. Um, I, I think that what, you, what, you're, what we're into store for is to see really who is that person in the playoffs who's going to get you um, a last-second steal. We saw it the other night with Derek White, you know. Uh, who's going to give you that last second three pointer when you're down by two that we saw Robert Ory do in, you know, game seven of, you know, that 05 Pistons series. Uh, you know, those are the guys who go down, you know, in the history books, they didn't maybe have huge amounts of points or huge amounts of rebounds, but when the game was in the balance, they were the ones to step up and make a huge contribution. And, um, I kind of feel like this year we're playing with house money, uh, just to be honest. And that's not to say that I don't want to see these, this this team make a run. I think that this has been a great run uh, for a team that not many people probably felt like um, there were a lot of expectations for. So many people picked them out of the playoffs. Uh, so many people didn't see them. Uh, so many people, you know, wanted to see this team tank and, and be a, a lottery team. And uh, I, I'm proud of this franchise. I'm proud that they stood up against that and have banded together. Um, and I, I, I agree with you, the grittiness, that to have that toughness and to have that growth going forward no matter what happens from here on out, um, no matter how many rounds that they go, that's going to be the huge storyline. I think so, too. So that's something for you all Spurs fans to keep an eye on closely because I kind of get this vibe from this team, that they're ready to form their own identity, that they've had enough of dealing with all the stuff that they dealt with in the regular season. And this right now is their time to shine, show who they really are. It's going to reveal their character. So I'm looking forward to that, you know. I really want this team to succeed. You know, I got to tell you from what I saw in this first game, that it, it shows me they have the potential that if they really want to win this series, they can do this. You know, it, it just all lands on them and just being consistent and having other people step up at big moments that will really carry this team uh, beyond the first round of the playoffs. So that's something that I'm really going to keep a close eye on. And I think everyone else should as well. But before we go ahead and end this episode of the Two Shots podcast, where can the people go and find you, Wesley, and interact with you and talk sports? Because you're a very knowledgeable guy who likes to talk not just Spurs basketball, but you like to talk about all sports in general. So where can they reach you? Well, first of all, you can reach me at uh, my Twitter page, which is at Wesley Perk. 
Um, I like to talk a whole bunch of things. Of course, I'm a I'm a band director, so if you want to talk music or you want to talk sports, we'll talk a whole bunch of different things. Um, but also, uh, you know, I do uh, on occasion come, and you're you're fortunate enough to allow me to come on your sh- your show here on the podcast. And uh, I also do uh, some Spurs React stuff as well. Uh, yeah, so you can catch me on Spurs React. Um, I'm I'm a, a contributor there, and also. Um, I'm fortunate enough to be here with Joe today on the two shots podcast, but, uh, my Twitter handle, as I said, that's, that's a good place to, to get going and we'll talk a bunch of different things. Oh, there you go. So go ahead and make sure you follow and like Wesley and interact with him. And if you want to talk some sports, you know, you want to talk some Spurs basketball, go and hit him up. And you can also hit us up across social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at two shots podcast. It's all spelled out T W O. S-H-O-T-S podcast. And you can also check out our newly revamped website at two, the number two, shotssa.com. And if you are a podcaster who's interested in starting your own podcast, or maybe you haven't had quite the, uh, let's say, success that you wish you, 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 you needed or wanted in the podcasting industry, go ahead and hit us up. I mean, we're starting something called the Two Shots Podcast Network. And what we believe is by sharing knowledge and the tips and tricks that we've learned along the uh, along the way to our road for success, we can help you, in fact, be a successful uh, podcaster in this growing industry. So make sure you go and hit us up. And if you'd like to be part of our network, we'd like to have you. And we would welcome you aboard with open arms. So for Wesley Perkins, I'm Joe Garcia. Thank you for tuning in and watching or listening to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. And like we always say, spread the love, stop the hate. And be kind. We're out. Peace.